Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined by Dayana Yoakum and Robert Brokamp, your fearless leaders in finances here at The Motley Fool. As long as there aren't spiders involved. Totally fearless. (laughs) Are you really afraid of spiders? Oh, I hate spiders. I don't mind spiders. I don't either. My husband hates spiders, so I'm the one who has to kill spiders in our house. You kill them? You don't just pick them up and take them outside? Yeah, I mean, I, what I do is I pick them up and take them outside. I, did I say I killed them? No. Because I am a nice person. I will know I have found the perfect man for me when he will deal with the spider and in no point during the whole ordeal pretend to throw it on me. That's the man for oh, me. Oh, I did that to my sisters all the time oh, when I was a kid. Awful. Well, that's pick why up you cockroaches. two would make an awful match. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's why you guys never got together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, today we're going to have a conversation about an awkward conversation. The one you More have... awkward than that exchange. More <laughs> than... <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, today we're going to have a conversation about an awkward conversation. The one you have with your parents. And we're not talking about that birds and the STDs chat before you send them off to the villages. Nope. We're going to talk about how to talk about money. With your sometimes aging, but still totally capable and smart (laughs) parents. We'll help you broach the subject and we'll give you a checklist of what to cover and also some red flags to look out for. So, Robert and Diana, would you rather try to explain Tinder to your parents (laughs) or ask how much money they've saved for retirement? I I personally am still very fuzzy on Tinder myself, so I'm going to go with the money. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, my, well, my dad was a reproductive endocrinologist, so talking about Tinder, <laughs> we've already ta- we've already to ta- we've got sex ed, man. We've talked about we've okay. talked about Tinder. My no, dad, we haven't my dad about- probably knows more about Tinder than I do. So, <laughs> the inspiration for today's show comes from Patrick in Phoenix, who writes. And by the way, I'm paraphrasing. My parents are approaching retirement after long, hardworking careers. It's only been in recent years that I've been able to have even vague conversations about their financial situation. Along with many baby boomers, I hear hints of uncertainty about their nest egg and how they can make the most of it. So Patrick wants to know, how should I make suggestions while less experienced and being somewhat outside the circle of knowledge of the entire situation? You can read from Patrick's email that there's some amount of trepidation. And no one really enjoys having this conversation. Why is it so hard to talk to our parents about money? Yeah, this is this is super tough. Uh, and one of the reasons is the, what I call the Freaky Friday factor. You go from the child they have to look out for to the semi-independent adult who occasionally asks them for financial advice or actual money, and then you're you're a fellow grown-up. You're on equal terms. When you broach this topic, the relationship can flip-flop with you taking on the parental role. At least that's what it seems like. And another thing that makes it hard is when an aging parent is having a hard time accepting the limitations of their aging, or they may feel like they're trying, you're trying to get them to give up control of their finances. Money can be difficult, too, because there could be judgments, right? When you start talking about how you spend your money and what do you want to do in retirement or how you invest, um, sometimes people don't agree on that. And certainly, uh, parents might be uncomfortable being told by their kids, uh, you're not investing very wisely, you don't know exactly what you're doing, or I wouldn't spend my money like that. Um, so that, that can be difficult as well. So then how do Mom you- Mom and Dad, go to your room. <laughs> you're not investing properly. Time out. Uh, so then how do you broach the subject so that it comes from a place of, a happy place of yeah. helping and- nurturing and not at all 
pandering? Well, I don't mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, first make it clear you're having a conversation out of love and concern and not greed. This isn't about the money and who gets what. What if it is about the money and who gets what? <laughs> then you don't state that overtly. Okay. <laughs> it's about making sure that someone has permission and clear directions on managing their financial affairs the way they want them managed, just in case there's a time when they can't do so themselves. Another approach is to tell them that you've done this work for your family and that it really helped ease your mind, how it feels like a weight off of your shoulders because you've got all your important papers in order and you've informed the right people about what to do. If so you I, can, I can hear like our audience being like, oh, right. right. I maybe haven't done that myself. Yeah, so this is, so this <laughs> is good advice for you to do it. It really does. It, it, it eases this burden. It's, a, it's, it's the gift the best gift you could give your family, especially because you don't want them going through this stuff at a time of crisis. Yeah. You just want to tell your parents or, or any of your family, you just want to make sure everything's okay. And in this situation, someone is going to go into retirement in a lot of ways that is an irrevocable decision in terms of taking certain, certain benefits, Social Security, your pensions. You just say, hey, let's make sure you're okay. Here's some thoughts I have about it. Here's some resources for you. Um, and along the lines of doing it yourself, too. It's sort of like when you see a great TV show that you love or some new restaurant you went to you want to tell people about. It's the same sort of deal. Like, I went to a financial mm-hmm. planner, or I read this great book, or I listened to this awesome podcast. <laughs> it's been <laughs> a huge help for me, and I think you should do it, too. Yeah. Another, another way is to just don't go the emotional route. Uh, go with a nuts and bolts approach to it. Uh, I started the conversation with my parents when I found this one book. It's like a binder file called The Beneficiary Book. And in it, you record everything from your family medical history to the dog's vet's name to a rundown of your safety deposit box content and all of the important information and contacts that someone would need to know to to basically get the whole picture. And is that a book that you get at like Amazon or? I think so, yeah. It's called The Beneficiary Book. Mar- Martin Kuritz, is it? I, he has his own site at active-insights.com. So it was, you know, happy anniversary, mom and dad. <laughs> here's, the, here's the book. Could you write down all of your account numbers? And also, how much is Jordan getting in the will? <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a, a good way to just kind of say, hey, check this out. See if it's something that you could use. Again, use it for your own family and your own affairs so that you know how long it takes to fill out. And you could even talk about that. My parents actually got a copy of the binder to for my grandmother's affairs as well. So they filled that out. And they're like, yeah, this is great. So not only Diana recommended, but Diana's parents recommended mm-hmm. and approved. Yeah. So. And, and it's another one of those things. It's not just for one family member or one household. If everyone in the family can do this, that's great. And if you are comfortable talking about it, that's great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, in my family, we have me, the financial guy. We have a doctor. We had a dentist, um, an ex-brother-in-law. But my sister ran his business. So you start these conversations, and the experts weigh in on different things. And it's a great resource, or even for someone who is not a lawyer, but they say in the course of this conversation, oh, yeah, I went to a lawyer and I learned this. Once you get the conversation going with everyone, you're going to learn things that are good for you to do as well. Um, And I think one of the issues here that um, Patrick brought up is having these conversations when you may not be the expert. Um, and that's a good point to bring up, too, especially with your parents. You're, gonna, you're coming at this saying, like, I'm not Mr. Know-it-all either. There may be some things that we could 
all do to learn a bit, a little bit more about this, but to get that ball rolling now, and uh, it'll benefit you as well. All right. So once you have convinced your loved one to sit down and have a talk about their finances and their their money life, what are some of the things you need to make sure you want to cover? All right. So the the first thing to think about is all the boring legal documents, wills, healthcare directive, things like that. Who's going to handle your finances if something if you were to become incapacitated and you get a durable power of attorney so someone could pay your mortgage and do your taxes and all that stuff. Um, the other thing you need to be aware of is people should start looking at their assets and their debts. And this is tricky, right? Because not all parents are going to say, oh yeah, I'm worth this much and I owe this much. They may not even want to tell you, like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm 65 and I have $30,000 in credit card debt. Um, the more you could find out that stuff or at least have them work on it with someone they trust, the better off. There are going to be um, a lot of discussions about long-term care. Long-term care, for most people, is not a nursing home. It is somebody's going to come to your house and help you with shopping or cleaning or something like that. And for most people, that's a family member. Who is that family member going to be? For, in most cases, it's going to fall on the oldest daughter. That might be something she wants to do. It might be something she doesn't want to do. And it's a, it's a good thing to have that conversation now rather than later. Um, funeral arrangements, of course, nothing very fun. But um, when you look at the top scams that are perpetrated on seniors, they often have to do with funeral arrangements. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're vulnerable, um, they have a lot of money. Generally, older folks have bigger nest eggs. So they get sold things that they do not need, like a coffin when the person is going to be cremated. Um, and when you can get a perfectly good coffin at Costco. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, I love I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> um, I read that contrast piping. <laughs> oh my God. Fantastic! They're I actually... got a whole pallet. <laughs> Have you ever heard of these designer coffins? Like uh, there was one design I guess was like Led Zeppelin. It's called the Stairway to Heaven and <laughs> just stuff like that. Your team logo, your college stuff like that. Oh boy, pretty funny. Lo- Anyways. Lo- <laughs> Uh, I read uh, earlier about a scam in which um, the the scammers are looking at the obituaries, find someone who's passed away, go up to the widow or widower and say, "Hey, um, your ex or your deceased spouse left this um, to be delivered. Here's the box, but you have to pay. It's cash on delivery. So you know, pay me the hundred dollars, and here's the." package and and in the end it's you know full of used magazines or something oh, like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, to have as much of that planned out, the arrangements, uh, what you want to happen to your remains, all that exciting stuff planned out beforehand and documented so there's no argument about it, the better. Yeah, and a couple extras that you could go through with them on this checklist of things that you should cover, a household inventory, like their possessions, their heirlooms. Boats, cars, segways, whatever, whatever it is, the contents of the safety deposit box, all of these things. Um, it's nice to have a an inventory of them for insurance purposes, but also when you're going through, say, an estate, if you have certain wishes, you'd like something to go to a particular person, you can you can stipulate that in your will, but also to have it elsewhere. 
uh, for family members to go through. Yeah, I think my mom actually went through a bunch of stuff in the house and put little post-its on it. And because some stuff, she's like, you would not believe some of the ugliest stuff is actually really valuable. So <laughs> I don't so, want you throwing it so, out. So when you go home, are there like post-its on the... Like little, like, yeah, sometimes like, she also wrote little notes about like the history of some of this stuff. And some of the little notes are in my grandmother's handwriting too. And so... Well, that's nice. Are these on yeah. the fronts of artwork? No, it's going to be like, right? <laughs> that's what I was seeing. It's a little weird. And then you you go home, you'd rather you're, you're switching post-its around. <laughs> yeah, I get this. Yeah, I write my brother's name on stuff or my name on stuff. And another sort of helpful document or folder of things um, are the, the op- use open this in case of emergency. So maybe this isn't like a fatal thing or it's just a, a, a smaller inconvenience where uh, it's got directions on you need to call this. This is my here's my primary care doctor, like just in case of an emergency right in the moment so that someone doesn't have to rifle through a bunch of papers. Everything's contained in one folder. Right. The longtime reader of my early retirement service uh, creates what he calls his letter from your dead husband every year. It's for his wife to open up should he pass before she does. It is everything. Like Here are the experts to go seek. Here's the person to get investment advice from. Here's the person not to get investment advice from. Um, uh, what's in various file folders. Here are all the passwords. Netflix Here, account. All that stuff. Yeah. Here's what we have on automatic, on automatic bill pay, because once you set that up, you never think about it again. We've actually created at The Motley Fool a whole checklist based on it for how to create your own letter. And you, you don't have to give it away. Like so I often think when you when, Diana, you suggest giving people the beneficiary book, people might feel like, well, I have to fill it out and then share it with everyone. Mm-hmm. It's great if you can, but you don't have to. You just have to tell people where you keep it mm-hmm. and probably have more than one or two copies in various places. Um, but having that all laid out for someone, so if someone passes away, you don't have to figure all that out. And the less that is laid out, the more it's going to cost you in terms of time, maybe lawyer fees. I mean, if someone has a safety deposit box and you don't know where it is and you don't have a right to get into it, that's actually a a legal pain in the, you know what, to get into that. The more that's all laid out, someone is set up with all those permissions, it's going to save you money, it's going to save you grief, um, it's going to make it a lot easier on everyone. All right, so that covers a few of the things off the checklist. But if you want to see the full list, you can head to the website, our podcast website. It's fool.com slash answers slash podcast and we'll have it in the episode notes for today's episode uh you can also get our checklist by subscribing to rule your retirement that's robert brokamp's newsletter here it's awesome well thank you very much yeah i would say that even if you weren't sitting here and listening so uh, what should you do if your parents really really don't want to have the conversation yeah if you're getting the cold shoulder from them about the it understandable it's an uncomfortable topic but what you could do is let them set the boundaries Tell them you don't need to know specifics about anything that they're not comfortable sharing and that you understand they have a right to keep certain things private. But at the very least, that you'd like to know two things. One, that they have some sort of plan in place. And number two, that the people who are responsible for implementing that plan know how to take care of business when the time comes. And do you need to know the name of the person who's supposed to take care of business? Because I can imagine... uh older person being like, oh, I totally trust this guy, Larry. He's great. He's going to be wonderful with my money. But then if you actually knew Larry, you'd be like, no, there's no way in heck I'm trusting these people with my parents' estate. Right. You, well, you need to know who to contact. Right. And that there's only so much you can do. If right. this is how they want their affairs handled, then that is their business. It is their life. It's their finances. 
of course, um, usually or often, it's not just you wanting to have the conversation with your parents, but you have siblings as well. And that always makes things so much more fun. <laughs> it's super interesting to get the whole family yeah. involved. Well, if you're, the, if you're taking the lead on this, Part of your responsibility is gonna, to your parents is to keep your siblings aware of what's going on. And you can help avoid tension by sending out or giving periodic updates about these things. So it really may only start and end with the here they have filled out all their important paperwork, here's the contact information, period, done. If nothing changes after that, then great. You Every- definitely want to give them a heads up because you don't want... Um, there to be any suggestion that you are trying to meddle in your parents' finances for your own benefit. Um, being upfront about this stuff as much as possible is a great idea. And yeah, and say, hey, have you talked to mom and dad about this? Right. Yet, um, or what? Have they ever mentioned anything to do with this? So, yeah, have the conversation before you even approach them for the first time. Right. And they can. might they might know something. Too. I mean, I, I find this all the time with my sisters. I have three sisters where we're talking about our parents or other relatives and they know something I don't um, because they had a part of one of these conversations, um, but we haven't all sat down and organized everything. So definitely having that conversation with your siblings, if you can, is a good idea. And then when it comes to like the, the horrible estate planning stuff and the will stuff, um, what people should be thinking about is who gets specific things like family heirlooms and all that, because otherwise it could just go into the estate and be forced to be sold. But it's it's good thing now to make sure everyone's, everyone's on board with that. That they're, if mom has a reason for leaving this thing to this person, she explains it. Make sure everyone's okay with it, because otherwise, if there's an argument about it later, maybe no one will get it. Yeah, I I remember having a conversation with someone, and they're like, the only thing they wanted was this cookie tin that their grandmother had because it those were when they go to visit right. grandma would always take out this cookie tin and give the kids treats and that ended up getting lost in the shuffle it, yeah. just, it probably got tossed it probably did get tossed <laughs> oh that's sad, that's sad. Cookie tin. yeah let me get back to Patrick's letter because he also mentioned something that we felt was important um, so he writes they mentioned they, being his parents, mentioned a few options they're exploring, which includes annuities, covered calls, home refinancing options, that I know are being pushed on them by third parties attempting to prey on their doubts. So annuities, covered calls, home refinancing options, are these red flags, yellow flags that people should keep an ear out for when talking to their parents? Are there other ones that are scarier? Yeah, I think Patrick is um, right to follow his instincts on this. I would say they're definitely at least yellow flags. Uh, anytime a senior citizen or a retiree is being sold insurance, it should be investigated. It could be life insurance, could be an annuity, could be a viatical, which is you buy someone else's life insurance policy and then you'll get the benefit when they pass on. There are some legitimate uses of these, but for most people, you don't need them. Uh, home equity, anything having to do with home equity, you should look into. A lot of scams regarding seniors and trying to get them to take out their home equity to either invest it in something else or pay someone a lot of money to get their home equity when it could be easily accessed through something legitimate like a bank. So if you have any questions about that, contact HUD, Housing and Urban Development. They're the folks who really keep an eye on anything related to scams, senior citizens, and home equity. Um, And then the other thing to consider is just anything that is high return, low risk. I mean, that's the classic sign of uh, a potential problem. So these days, 
anything that is promised to be above 3 4% and guaranteed or no risk, something's going on there, and I would definitely look into that. So I imagine at some point it's it's a good idea to call in the help of a professional, whether it's a lawyer or a financial planner. It's At some point, it's going to be beyond you. Patrick, you don't have to have all the answers. Right. In terms of the financial planning, getting a fee-only financial planner is a great idea. In this case, meaning fee-only meaning you pay by the hour. That way, you're just paying someone a few hundred dollars, maybe even a thousand or two, but to give this objective evaluation of their plan. So they are the people saying, you're in good shape, or no, you need to work a little longer, or no, you're spending too much, and it's not you telling your parents that. Yeah, I think that's great advice. My my advice to people is to have this conversation now. Don't put it off. Talking about it now is a lot better than digging through stacks of 40-year-old files, trying to piece together their financial picture when your parents aren't able to help. And in my case, talking to my parents, bringing it up with them, actually opened this great conversation and ongoing dialogue about these very adult issues. And so... <laughs> Diana grew up. I grew up, right. It's like the first time you had a beer with your dad and said it was... That, first that time was... you talked about, you know, first 401ks. Time my, first time my mom let me have a cup of coffee of my own instead of just sipping off the top of hers. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. used to do that. Yeah, yeah. Rick, the producer reminded us that when you finish your money with your honey conversation, you get to go celebrate. So after you have this conversation with your parents, do you get to go celebrate? Sure. Have the, all of you kids go out and talk about mom and dad over beers at the bar, cocktails. So you're saying leave the parents behind? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, it's going to be a really telling scenario. Who picks up the check? or How much fighting is there about who pays or you didn't put in enough or, all of that. or how much just awkward silence yeah, yeah. family <laughs> yay love them <laughs> I do I, yeah love you family the show is edited by Rick Engdahl the music composed and performed by our own talented Diana Yoakum our email is answers at fool.com don't forget to tell your friends about us for Robert and Diana I'm Allison Southwick fool on fool on